In this episode, we're talking about how to talk to people who are hesitant of risky play. Before we start, we'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which this podcast is recorded, which is the Kabi Kabi and the Gubby Gubby people. We honour their songlines and storylines and pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging, and also like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which you are listening to this episode. Welcome to Raising Wildlings, a podcast about parenting, alternative education stepping into the wilderness, however that looks, with your family. Each week, we'll be interviewing experts that truly inspire us to answer your parenting and education questions. We'll also be sharing stories from some incredible families that took the leap and are taking the road less travelled. We're your hosts, Vicky and Nikki from Wildlings Forest School. Pop in your headphones, settle in and join us on this next adventure. Hello and welcome to the Raising Wildlings podcast. We're your hosts, Nikki Farrell. And Vicky Oliver. Today we're going to be chatting about how to talk to people who are hesitant of risky play. So that could include parents, if you're running programs, or as an educator, it could be other educators, um, because it is a big barrier sometimes to people who think they want their children to be outside, um, but also are a little bit concerned about all the things that come with risky play. Yeah, so what we're going to do today is chat to you a little bit about a couple of examples of when we've seen this happen with parents or teachers and whatnot, and then we're going to explain how we worked uh, through those fears of the teachers or the child. So there's one example that comes to mind straight away for me was, I don't, were you there with the local private school that came down and they wouldn't let their children get muddy or go down the mudslide? Do you remember that? I don't think I was there, but I have, I do remember talking about it after the fact because it was a bit shocking. (laughs) (laughs) And it informed a lot of our conversations with educators after that being really explicit, right? Yeah, it really did. And that's probably the first thing is be really explicit with the expectations of what's going to happen in your program. So whenever we have groups come down now, we have a confirmation email that says, Make sure your children bring, you know, change of clothes, make sure they do all of these things. Your children will get wet, muddy, and there is risky play involved. We've always had that, but Mm. it's now, you know, bold, capitalised. You can't not know, essentially. So, Mm. yeah, we had this um, quite well-known private school come down to the forest for uh, an excursion during the holidays, and it had rained, as it does here (laughs) in Queensland, especially this year. Beautiful group. Wonderful group, but as soon as we got down to the forest, there was a a few looks of horror. Mainly, I have to be honest, from the bus driver, but also the teachers (laughs) were complicit in this because the bus driver said, The kids can't come on the bus like that, they'll get the bus dirty. I don't want muddle through my bus. And the teachers Mm. just went, Oh, okay. And so they weren't allowed to get muddy, they got muddy because you can't not get muddy after it has rained, but they weren't allowed in the creek, which in my mind, well, at least the creek would have washed off the way. (laughs) <laughs> yeah so there was there was a couple of layers there it was um I guess teachers not standing up for the play against the bus driver it was mm. maybe the teachers not passing on to the bus driver that there was not even a risk that the bus would get muddy and also that those children didn't bring changes of clothes despite yeah. the emails that we had seen so um it restricted their play and they didn't get to enjoy the forest how they could have and they really wanted to get wet they really wanted to play in the creek they wanted to go down the mudslide and so the teacher spent the whole session saying no yeah no 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 get out don't do that don't slide down there don't get muddy keep your shoes out it was infuriating and do you know what especially in those situations when it's been raining 
in our sites, it is almost impossible to not get muddy unless you are just wandering around in circles and not engaging with the environment at all. Like it's impossible. Mm -hmm. And so exactly that, that whole experience would have been marred by the fact that they've been told no and to, to watch themselves so closely that they don't actually get to immerse themselves in the experience, which is such a shame. And then it doesn't help inspire them to come back and, and want to do it again. No, and that was the feedback from the children was that, oh, we didn't get to do any of the things that we wanted to do. Mm. And I was like, no, and I couldn't argue. They couldn't. They wanted to do those things. So yeah. while we had activities that they certainly enjoyed as well, when you have these natural provocations and seasonal provocations, it's our whole forest school philosophy that, we, you know, it's rained, it's muddy, it's wet season. What can we do? These are the natural activities that the children wanted to do and we just said no the whole time. Well, we did. We, we kind of stood back and let the teachers say. Oh, it's, it's hard and it is hard as a, as a business owner or a facilitator to sort of push, um, you know, in the early days when you don't, when you, when you and also when you're taken aback. Um, because sometimes these things pop up and you're like, oh, um, okay, well, mm. you know, you've already made the decision how uh, you sort of sometimes feel like you can't change that decision that they've made about not wanting to get muddy. Um, yeah. But there are other examples too, I guess, of not just educators but children who are, have internalised the fears of their parents or someone else yeah. saying, you know, I, I can't go in the creek or get muddy because mum said I can't get my new shoes wet. So many times. My clothes wet. Yeah. And um, that can be really heartbreaking because there are, there are children that will specifically be able to watch. So in, in this scenario, they actually can see other children doing the fun things, but they're so worried about what someone else is going to, you know, some, someone who's in more authority to them, their parent mainly, um, that internalised message, I can't do that because I'm going to get wet and muddy and I'm going to get told off I'm going to get in trouble at home Mm. yeah so there's that that missing communication between parents and children in that situation because Mm. again in all of our communications to the teachers it says bring these things your children will get wet and muddy and dirty please change your clothes and we know that schools pass that on so then the parents are then not saying hey guys it's a wet muddy day today you have our full permission to you know you're wearing your play clothes Get like get muddy, get dirty. Today is a day that I don't care about. Yeah, don't hold yourself back from an activity because of the mud. Or and the funny thing is, it's funny. Even my kids sometimes will say, "Oh no, I got this dirty," and I'm like, "Yeah, but that will actually wash out." Mm. Um, I'm not I'm not worried about that. Like, yes, something's stained, but I'm like, some a lot of the times I'm like, "Oh, that's just sand," or that that will wash off very easily. those internalised ideas of having to worry about Mm. what their clothes are going to come out like, which is a real shame. Um, And also I guess that's a a little bit of a reflection of society about having to look a certain way instead of wearing having clothes that's fit purpose, which is play for children. I did not have anything but play clothes growing. I grew up on a farm and my clothes, you know, I didn't have, I had had going out clothes Mm. or play clothes. It wasn't the other way around. It wasn't nice clothes and a set of play clothes it was the exact opposite and I totally 100% agree that I think we've gone the other way around that children have nice clothes and then they have like a set of clothes they can get dirty and that's just not conducive to children (laughs) yeah and I guess you know it's not just leaping into a creek or sliding down a mudslide even using tools or being near the fire they're messy activities like in order to Mm. do those risky things and not 
in order to immerse yourself in that moment in the experience, you need to not have a fear of any of these barriers in order to, to help children engage in risky, developmentally appropriate activities that will benefit them in the long run because there's so many incredible benefits. Um, so if people are sceptical, concerned, or even fearful of children learning naturally through risky play, um, we need to give them a framework to work through that. And we'd love to talk to you about that today. Yeah, because there are so many incredible benefits. But how do we get through to people who are sceptical, concerned, or even fearful of children naturally, learning naturally in nature or through risky play? What do we do, Vic? Well, there's a framework that we can use. It's not just using risky play. um, But what we can do when they're playing is we can leap. So we're using the LEAP framework. So starting with the letter L, which is listen. So we really need to be listening to the concerns of the people, whether that's the child or the parent or the educator. Or the bus driver. So, um, <laughs> or the bus driver. So, um, you know, I don't want to get, I don't want my child to get muddy or dirty. So you need to listen to that. And then we can then move on to the next part of the framework, which is the E, which is explore. And that's asking some probing questions so that we can understand why it is that they're concerned about those things. So, um, okay, you don't want them to get muddy. Is there a reason for that? Um, And then, you know, it could be exactly that. We don't want them to spread mess all through the bus. Yeah, or the car. That's a really common thing. I don't want my kids coming in the car like that. Yeah. I I wish I had those kind that kind of car. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, me too. I I hand up right here that my car is... um, Let's call it child friendly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. not lazy car ownership. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. That's the best way to, to put it. Um, yeah, I think so as well. Like, it, I guess there's so much we have to let go of being a parent. Uh, and one of those things is mess. We talk about that, I guess, as, you know, being mothers and the mess around the home in terms of clutter. But there is mm. a level of ick mess, muddy, mucky, you know, having to go to a little bit more effort to clean up this. Yeah, and that, that's where we come to A. So A is that acknowledge. So we acknowledge that a person's concerns, particularly a mum's concerns. Like mm. I can 100% understand why people don't want their cars messed up with muddy clothes. Like no one wants more work when we're dealing with child rearing. It's it's a big job. We've already got a huge mental load. We've got heaps on our plate. So empathize and like we acknowledge and we empathize that absolutely um there is so much incredible data that talks about children needing exposure to mud in particular um to help their immunity lower stress hormones um with their mental health so then we need to after we've listened and explored and acknowledged we need to do the last which is the p which is propose a way forward and that's what we can help you with a little bit more here as well so, mm. for example, um, making it easier, as I mentioned a few things, is dressing old clothes and packing old towels. So um, we have a stack of old crappy towels they're used to dry the dogs when we're in the car and it's muddy. Um, if it's raining, you know, like just that stack, you can get them from op shops or, you know, rather than sending your old towels to the op shop and replacing them with beautiful new ones, keep them to the side and just have a stack of them ready that you can line the car seat with. Um, that get chucked in your bag with the kids so that they can wipe the mud off so they're not, you know, muddying up the car when they're sitting down. Um, packing the spare change of clothes. I mean, I should have. Or three. 
<laughs> by now. Um, and especially as they get older, sometimes you forget because you think that they're going to be uh, a bit more careful and they're still not. I was way more organised when they were younger. Same. I totally had the tub. I had extra sets of clothes all the time and now it's just like, oh, well, you're going home naked. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So you either you either get super organised, or <laughs> your care factor goes out the window. Um, either which way, both of them work. Um, but Leather also, suits, yeah, really yeah, great. Yeah. For wiping down. Exactly, it makes life easier for yourself, and don't set your kids up for failure. So, if you know that they're going to get muddy, then give them ways to be able to do that, so that your tolerance level for those things isn't also compromised. You know, you can just mm. chuck that towel in the washing machine uh, and, and also having something to put wet and muddy things in. So plastic bags, um, we've got fantastic wet bags that we now take with us. So it either keeps the rain out or it keeps all the wet stuff in depending on how I'm using it. Um, so that bag has been absolutely such a godsend. Um so, or, or like Nikki said, the plastic tub in the car is such a great idea because you can just take it straight into the laundry. Um, you can fill the whole thing with water if you wanted to. Yeah, and then add your add your soaker, whatever you're soaking yeah. stuff in as well. Yeah. I don't soak, though. I, like my children have play clothes and they might look like <laughs> they've those clothes have never seen a wash, but my care factor for those, because they are, they're just mud-stained. And that's, but that's right. because I don't soak them. And I just don't care because I know they're going back to forest school in those. And it just saves me that mental load of, oh, I'm not going to soak those same clothes every week for them to go back into every week. No, you know, that's A couple right. sets of forest school clothes and until they tear or they grow out of them. Well, and that's the other point too, is that um, we're not just talking about mud and being muddy. It's also about putting themselves in situations where their clothes could tear or the amount of holes that my girls have in leggings from sliding down the embankments or shimmying across a tree or down a rock. And that's okay. Like we are okay. Like, and, and because they have that permission, they're not afraid to push their boundaries and explore and go on adventures because they're not held back by this internalised idea that they're going to ruin something in the process. So they can just mm. actually be in the moment and embrace that risky play, which is exactly what we want them to do. We don't want to sort of pretend we're into risky play. We think it's a great idea, but in practicality, ugh, it's too hard, it's too muddy, it's too whatever. Yeah. We have to give them permission. Giving them permission looks like being prepared. Yeah, and and so that summarises our P of proposing a way forward. And then, then you might ask the person or the child, does that sound like something that might work? You know, mm. because they might not have thought about the tub or the wet bag or the, you know, leaving the dry set of clothes in the car or whatever it is that, you know, talking to the bus driver and saying, you know, so that school, actually, we had a great conversation afterwards. I called them up and, you know, asked for their feedback and I gave them feedback too. And so from then on when they came, they actually ask each parent to bring a plastic bag. They have their changes of clothes. And then the, the team actually bring a, a reel of biodegradable um, garbage bags as well for anyone that inevitably forgets because they do. Yeah. Uh, and then I did, the bus driver also requested each child bring a towel to lay down on the bus on the seat. So yeah. it worked. It was a little bit extra effort on everybody's part. But the children came back the next time and they got to do all the things that they loved and they got to use the space and the natural provocations, how they should. And children were moving how they're meant to move in these spaces as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. So it was a win-win. So to recap, when you're engaging with people who are a little bit concerned about allowing their children to engage in risky play, remember to leap. So L for listen, E for explore, 
A for acknowledge and P for propose a way forward. And hopefully this will give you a framework to have really good discussions in a way that serves the children in particular uh, so that they can really get the most out of this experience because we know that they need it. And remember that skill building takes time and dealing with people who are coming around to the benefits of nature play is a new communication skill for us as facilitators to acquire. So let us know if you've got any other questions that come up frequently and maybe we can start addressing those in the podcast as well because we know getting wet and muddy is one um, but we'd love to start addressing those. So you can DM us in on Instagram, send them through Facebook or just shoot us an email if there's anything that you're dying to know that we can address in the podcast. Absolutely. And if you've been listening to us for a while, you'll know that we're all about taking the road less traveled. Mm-hmm. We believe everyone should live an extraordinary life full of challenge, passion and purpose. And if you're someone who works for children, believe us when we say that starting your own nature play business will lead you to some of your greatest teaching moments, just like the ones we've talked about today. Mm-hmm. But to get those moments, you will need to do the work. And we're here to guide you and cheer you on, because if we can do it, then so can you. So you can join us for the waitlist for our Wild Business course, which is a course for education change makers like you. And you can do that at wildlingsforestschool.com forward slash wild business. And until next week, stay, stay wild. wild.